0: Fellas, are you having a little trouble in the bedroom? Are you having a little trouble rising to the occasion? Well, I I can't help you with that at all. But if you're just looking for a comfortable t-shirt and something that shows your love of wrestling, head over to Let's Wrestle Apparel and they will hook you the F up. They've got the sweet, wrestling is my drug, they have... They sleep, we grind, they dream, we shine, and so many other great designs. They also make masks as well. Head over to letswrestleapparel.ca because they're a Canadian-based company. Let them hook you up. They also do screen printing, embroidery, sublimation, direct-to-garment printing. They print in mass. So if you're just looking to have a bunch of shirts made for yourself or for your crew or your business or whatever need be, they can help you out with that. Head over to letswrestleapparel.ca. Tell them your boy Ethan HD sent you. And uh, yeah, let's start the show. Did it, guys. We made it to episode four of the Going Home Early podcast. It is your boy, Ethan H.D. What is the Going Home Early podcast? It's a podcast where every two weeks I sit down with somebody I know in the professional wrestling industry and we talk travel. We're not asking who's your favorite wrestler, who's your favorite wrestler growing up, what toys did you play with. It's, it's getting kind of down to the the not wrestling part of wrestling. And that's kind of the aim of this show is to talk about all the cool places my friends have been to, um, you know, whether it be all across, you know, the, all across Europe, uh, Asia, or even just here in the States, like just cool road trip stories, whether it's big cities or small towns. That's the aim of the game to kind of pull back the curtain on the travel aspect of wrestling and how sometimes it's amazing and it's incredible and you want to tell the world about it. And sometimes it's not so glamorous and it's gross and it's eating at gas stations at three in the morning. You know, it's and you're never so big that you're not doing both. You know, I think that's the other thing, too, is even if you're like the top guy in in WWE, you're still like eating at gas stations at three in the morning because that's all that's open. Or if you just started wrestling and you just got your first hot dog in a handshake, but you're not quite full. Yeah, you're going to go to Denny's at like 2 a.m. wherever town you're in. So, but moving on, uh, before we get into the my guest today, which is Facade, uh, the Neon Ninja, um, I just want to let you guys know, um, this was intentionally going to drop, originally, sorry, not intentionally, originally going to drop on Halloween, I got lazy, and decided to stick with the 1st and 15th schedule, uh, after much deliberation and uh, procrastination, but because of that, I, I can't really, I guess, I'm hoping you guys all had a great Halloween, I'm assuming you had a great Halloween, Uh, But I do also want to let you know, my shop, Destiny City Comics, where this podcast is recorded, is having a Halloween costume contest until the 3rd of November. So you have the 3rd of November to enter. Uh, Just go to the Instagram, it's destinycitycomics.com, and there'll be a little graphic that says our Halloween contest. You just tag three friends in it, and then you post your photo to your Instagram of your Halloween costume, tag the shop in it, and then after the 3rd, probably a couple days later... Uh, I, my wife, and the cat that hangs out at our shop occasionally, (laughs) Herbert, will decide who we think had the best costume. Uh, First prize for adults, which is the only prize for adults, is a $50 gift card to the shop for uh, best youth costume, which we're just going to say is 17 and under. You get a $40 gift card and a little gift bag from the shop. So that might be like comics, other graphic novels in there, maybe an additional gift card. Who knows? I know. That's the answer to that one. Um, also kind of on the subject of cats, uh, Fasad and I talk a little bit about him bringing his cat over from India. Um, something I wanted to touch on real quick is my cat gimmick, uh, my personal cat, uh, was in the hospital. He's 14 years old and he's had some health issues over the years, like, uh, liver, colon, things like that, but he's typically a healthy cat. And for whatever reason, I think partially just because I think we can all agree it's been a really rough year. He went into the hospital and... I was like this is this is going to be the last time I see him and it it weighed on me uh for about a week uh everything leading up to the visit and then up until the day of and I just remember being so mentally and emotionally prepared to to say farewell to this cat that I've had you know all of my adult life practically and I remember getting him home and taking the carrier to the living room opening it up pulling him out, and then just like holding him and and openly like weeping like tears of joy to this like still like kind of drugged up cat Uh, and at first I was I was kind of a little embarrassed because like you're 33 years old and like you're you're crying over your cat but I was like part of me I guess in my head was like this is also it's it's cool that at 33 I I still I'm emotionally mature enough that I'm not embarrassed to cry I'm not embarrassed to admit Crying either you know I think empathy has kind of been mocked and made fun of and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that I don't think you should ever be ashamed to to feel emotion or feel sympathy whether it be for your animal or animals you don't know or people you don't know um, so I just wanted to throw that out there um, last thing I want to throw out real quick before we get to the podcast interview with facade is big shout out to drink all in All In Energy drinks literally keep me going when I'm podcasting, hosting a live webcast, selling merchandise, running my shop, just being a husband, preparing to mourn my dead cat. (laughs) Drink All In keeps me awake for every single step of the way, and it doesn't make me jittery or shaky. It doesn't fill me with these weird chemicals. It is such a solid drink, and they're a Seattle-based company. If you head over to drinkallin.com, And enter the promo code ETHANHD312, they will give you 25% off whatever you order, which is primarily just going to be energy drinks, hopefully. Um, But yeah, they'll give you 25% off, just enter in ETHANHD312 at drinkallin.com, and they will hook you up. That being said, let's go ahead and get into my interview with Facade. Hi, so I'm here with Fasad. Thank you for taking a moment to do the podcast. Uh, so the one, the one thing that kind of ties, ties the two of us together, uh, so I want to talk to before we jump into it, is uh, we were both coaches at the Great Collies School. Uh, so I was fourth in lineage, and then you were, you were fifth. Um, what, was your, what was your time like over there? Like, What was your, your initial experience being over in India?
1: Wow, well such a loaded question um because there's a lot of things uh that uh you know you never really think about when you go to india you know what i mean um first it's like oh i'm gonna go to india how many people you know go to india for wrestling no less and uh um well so that was a a great selling point in itself and uh, i'm sure you know whenever um you at the at the thought of going to India, it might be a little bit of something that you were anxious to jump at too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was such a unique experience, right? Because at that time, like, there, I didn't know anything about wrestling in India or if it was a thing. And then the, I guess, the oddity of working with like the great Kali was very unique. Yeah, and, and yeah, just doing this yeah. thing that, like, at the time, only only like a handful of people have done, and only only a handful of people were going to experience. Um, so you were pretty, were you pretty excited though, like to, to get over there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, cause like the whole thing is kind of like, uh, it, it's almost like a, like a folklore or something, the way how everything went down, because I had met, uh, Kali at a event, a big time wrestling event, uh, down in South Carolina and asked him to watch my match, you know, just, you know, randomly like, Hey, can, can you watch my match and tell me what you think? Well, he saw Myself and uh, Danny Mo um, in a match with uh, Dynamite Danny Miles, and he, you know, he was he he said, you're crazy bro, you're crazy," and you know all these things. And I gave him my card, because he said that he would like to get his students some gear. And uh, so it was uh, that was probably about January or February, and then later on that summer, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Two was coming out, and. Me and Danny were en route to see Guardians of the Galaxy, and I got a phone call with a bunch of numbers on there. And I was like, "I I, I don't know. That. this is this is the ninja. This is this is Mustaf." And he's like, "Yeah, blah blah blah. Download WhatsApp. I'll call you on there. This phone call is costing me a lot of money." Uh, so I downloaded WhatsApp, and um, I got a call. It was Kali. He introduced himself and. Told me, you know, uh, I'm gonna have some people get a hold of you and we're gonna have you come over here and train our students for six months. And then uh, he mentioned you, and uh, you know, we got to talking, we had a video chat a couple times. I then got a hold of every single person in that lineage that had possibly touched any Indian soil and asked them everything and anything if uh, that was a good idea, if I should worry, because you never know when you're traveling to foreign lands what you got to worry about who you got to worry about.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's always a bit like sketch, especially for me. Like that was, that was my first time, like going on like an extended stay out of the country. So I was definitely like a little, a little apprehensive about going over there. Um, yeah. so when you, when you got over there though, what was like your, cause you, la- I'm assuming you landed in Delhi. What was like your, your first impression?
1: So when I first got there, um, it was very late, very late at night. And, uh, Um, My buddy, uh, what's it, DJZ told me, like, you know, it's going to remind you of Mexico because at the time, uh, I've only been to Mexico and Russia and Singapore. So it's like uh, I was trying to, like, you know, what's it like? What's it like? And it was like Mexico, but, you know, a little less violent, I guess you could say. Um, And we're driving, like, in the middle of the night and driving through – all these craggly roads and all this, this uh, unpaved terrain. And I'm seeing all kinds of stuff. It's really, really crazy. Like people on these big dump trucks and big trucks uh, riding on the top and holding on and multiple humans on a, uh, on a motor scooter or a dirt bike or you know, all, all kinds of things. I'm,
0: I feel like there are zero traffic laws in India. Because yeah, it, it literally feels like everybody's driving like it's GTA, like you're just weaving like in <laughs> yeah. and out of traffic, everybody's like leaning on their horn. And yeah, like there are so many people who will load up like three people on a motorcycle.
1: Yeah. Like, like whole it's, it's
0: It's common whole practice. Yeah. yeah. It's it's fucking wild. But I, I mean it's cool though, like is everybody clearly knows like these are the rules. So nobody's yeah. like getting hurt. Like I didn't see one traffic accident the whole time I was no. there like everybody knows if it was it was
1: out of neglect of the person like not looking because like you know they'll cut in front of you and they'll do whatever they'll they'll get they'll get themselves over they'll get their shit in but they will also do it in a way where they're not going to hurt you and they're not going to cause you know uh, a, a fisticuffs
0: yeah right like they're they're just very chill about it i also didn't see like any real like um i guess like St- signs I guess like I didn't see any speed limit signs it just felt like I guess oh like, no <laughs> go however fast you pleased I remember when yeah. we were, I was leaving India and I was we were heading back from Kali's to Delhi to the airport and yeah it's like super late at night like maybe two or three in the morning and we drive past this like exit for whatever city and the boys like dr- drive past it slam on the brakes and then on the freeway proceed to drive backwards to take a picture of this sign because I guess in somebody's like local language, it means dick. And so they're like, we got to take a picture of this sign that says like penis and send it to them. And I love that they were willing to literally drive backwards down the freeway at like three in the morning at night to get this photo. (laughs) If I left any influence on, 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 those, like those students over there, I think, the, the willingness to risk life and limb for a dick joke was it I think that's that was my mark that I left over there
1: <laughs> oh they 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 lo- yeah i they loved your uh your your autograph your signature too It had little
0: <laughs> little Easter yeah. eggs in there yeah right yeah my autograph is uh it's a phallus it's a phallic <laughs> symbol and i'm I'm very proud of that
1: <laughs> that was the most that's the most professional way to put it i, I love it
0: yeah, right? And then, you know, like, you sign, like, the back of, like, kids' shirts. You're signing, like, 8 by 10s I'm just drawing dicks, dicks, dicks everywhere I go. Like, that's the real reason I got into wrestling was just, like, how many places in the world could I draw a peen? So, I guess, out of curiosity, what do you what do you pack when you're, when you're going on, like, a long excursion like that? Because that's, like, six months away from home. What all, yeah. what all did you bring with you?
1: So, like, I knew, like uh... – it had been talked about prior to going that I might be going to Japan too. So I had to like think of every kind of like facet of, you know, Oh, this might be my only time that I'm ever going to go to Japan as well. So I need space basically, you know, um, I brought clothes, uh, a Bluetooth speaker, like a Google home mini Danny got me a Nintendo DS for Christmas that she sent, sent with me with a Pokemon game uh like protein bars tuna um a couple of other things uh some protein pre-workout uh my wrestling gear my training gear uh an extra pair of wrestling shoes uh, extra uh a complete suit with like uh dress shoes
0: and everything too I think so you you're pretty, pretty well too. prepared it's fair t- yeah. fair enough to say like you didn't get over there and go like oh uh, fuck like i need all of these other things yeah and then a lot of like
1: there was a couple of things which they sent me like there was nothing like you know dire need my computer kind of like crapped out on me but uh that got i fixed that my 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 phone broke the screen like immediately when i first got there too but thankfully there's like a samsung mega store.
0: but uh no not, not nothing really like but yeah so pretty much just kind of like the the essentials like nothing nothing too crazy
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's fair. Um, so I guess kind of moving forward a little bit. So you're talking about like being in Mexico. Um, was that just for like a, like a couple shows or were you, were you there for like an extended period of time?
1: Um, this one was, uh, th- so th- this particular, uh, that year, uh, 2018 was a, a hell of a, a run because some accidental way, I ended up being pretty much in a new uh, country every month. I went to Mexico a couple times for uh, small indie um, companies, Uh, mostly uh, one was Chalanga Mask. The big last time when I got back from India, I did like 11 days there uh, with a couple of uh, indie companies, but mostly DTU. And so there's like a a lot of people have have heard it's like a high-flying hybrid, kind of big rules, hardcore kind of promotion. Like a lot of the stuff you see nowadays, it's like big on the indies.
0: Yeah. They're kind of like Mexico's but, CZW, exactly right? CZW, right? CZW. That's the, yeah. the vibe I got.
1: Yeah, CZW. Well, uh, or game changer, if you know. If you want to go with the 2020, uh, it was really crazy because this little little tour ended up, you know, becoming a uh, an 11 day thing because it turned into it was a different parts of Mexico. So one, uh, it started in Cocalco, which is in uh, Mexico City, San Lu- San Luis Potosi, which is a Another outside of uh, like I would say eastern Mexico, um a smaller town that this was like a, a anniversary show of this, this family and we wrestled like in the middle of the main uh the main intersection of the the, the the city there and people were like hanging from their, their balconies and it's just real crazy and like uh, I came out to Tupac. And cause I just, they just play music there. <laughs> it came out to Tupac and I was a bad guy and I didn't even know. And, uh, and then a couple days later, we wrestled at a casino and Acapulco, which was really cool too, because that's a tourist spot and there's a lot of cool things to see down there. And then, uh, yeah, I came back and, and finished up the, up the, that tour with, um, another one in, uh, Mexico city with uh, great Sasuke on that show or not, uh, not great Sasuke, um, octagon
0: okay well yeah a little bit different but yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah another uh another uh, form of ninja i say they're, they're both masked ninja guys that's that's fair yeah
1: ironic thing of that one is that like uh i was in india in january um i wrestled uh in in uh england in february the, it's the states in march uh, uh april I, canada or maybe it was March in in, in and then May was uh, Mexico, June was uh, Singapore, and I left to go to Japan. And then July was still in Japan, and uh, September in Thailand on the way back home. And that was a uh, that was that crazy 20, 2018 run.
0: Hell yeah, sounds like it. Uh, do you ever get like kind of I don't know, like I say like weird looks, but like side eyed because like you're like you have the dreadlocks and you very much like dress the part 24-7, like, you're always in, like, bright colors and, like, like, Zubaz, do you, like, do you get kind of looked at in some of these, like, other countries?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, uh, very much so, and, like, you know, I try not to, you know, I, I, I can, even though I dress weird sometimes, uh, I can still kind of dress up, so, which is even more awkward when you see me, like, in, in like, a full suit with, like, you know, neon green little pieces to it. And people are looking at you like even extra weird because they think you're like some kind of pimp or something like that. But uh, <laughs> I've seen like, seriously, I saw Chris Nowinski in an airport and I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, I could tell you're a wrestler. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "And I'm like, well, I, uh, I've never met you before, but my concussions may have tell me otherwise. Right. But specifically in India, like a, a lot of different places and even kind of like where I live too. Because um, I live right outside the city here in Pittsburgh. And so, you know, people, you know, there's a little bit of country folk sometimes here looking at, oh, look at this white kid with dreads. What's he doing? You know what I mean? And that's another that's another uh, conversation entirely, too, because I've had my dreads since 2002. And, uh, you know, like the, the whole conversation of cultural appropriation, things like that, and all kinds of things, you know, uh, in the area that I grew up in. Being a, a white kid with dreads was, was something else too. But in India, the kids kept uh, – they kept saying John Cena, John Cena. And the kids would tell me – I'm like, why are they calling me John Cena? They're like, they know you're a wrestler. And I'm like, what the hell? That's so crazy. They're like, yeah, they see you. You're a white man. And uh, they they see your colors. They, they know you're a wrestler. And I'm like, whoa, that's so crazy. I'm, I'm John Cena. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. That's all they all they know of wrestling over there, for the most part, is like John Cena and Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman Reigns,
1: Kane, and Undertaker, all the big boys, right?
0: Yeah, right. It's like all the top guys, but there's very little concept too of like wrestling being like a work over there. So I think because like they see those guys always winning or always on top, they're like those are those are the best guys. Like those are the best uh, the best wrestlers.
1: Yeah, even to a fault sometimes, because like for those of you don't know that. they would call the matches fights. Like we'd have people come to our village and uh, see everyone at the, at the Kali Academy there. They'd have people come and watch and then they would talk to us afterwards. It's like, Oh, great fight, blah, blah, blah. And you know, that you, you, even some of the matches that I've reposted on my YouTube and stuff, you know, uh, man, they, they, they are very adamant about, you know, calling them fights and or very, you know, quick to tell you that wrestling's fake or this is a fake fight and things like that. It's, it's really, really a a unique scenario over there.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, have you ever been to, have you been to any other countries that like so wholeheartedly believed that wrestling was real?
1: You know, I I can't say uh, that I have because like, even like Malaysia and, and, and Thailand, they're a little smaller on the like, you know, grand scheme of things when it comes to like wrestling and everything too. But, Okay, so while I was in Singapore, Singapore is a great melting plot And specifically too, the promoters that run the Singapore promotions, they are really, uh, they're really bright guys. They, they run in uh, Russia, Singapore, uh, they did stuff with Malaysia and Thailand too. So they've they really uh, done well by me. But the thing about them is that they, they know uh, how to, to draw international fans. So they'll get um, you know, people from different areas. But they'll also get people that, you know, uh, Malaysia is but like a four-hour drive to get to Singapore. And Singapore itself is like three hours away from – or you can get to any, anywhere in Singapore in, within three hours. So uh, the, the, the areas, they can cross-promote and cross-pollinate in a way where they can still get, you know, uh, a considerable amount of crossover crowd with the, you know, with the right amount of people.
0: Yeah. It's, so it's kind of like almost laid out like the Northeast where like there's enough big cities, like two or three hours from each other. You can kind of draw in people from each one.
1: Right. But the big problem is with the, uh, that, that Southeast Asia area is that they can't get enough, uh, events. They can't get enough bookings, um, to really accelerate their growth. Like for instance, so, uh, uh a lot of the guys in singapore they'll go do like thailand um there's a smaller show there that uh that that runs there's another one in taiwan and then um there's a company in vietnam uh that just started these guys they were 18 at the time so they're 20 now um these okay so this is a great case in point about asking about wrestling still uh believing in the fight of wrestling these people these kids they were 18 year old they created a company in vietnam where they had if this is in look this up this is insane if they had their own kind of wrestling because they couldn't afford a ring also the place in thailand couldn't afford a ring until recently too um so they developed this style it's like a hybrid striking but using wrestling moves and like mma moves and they were a different gear that looks kind of similar to jack evans like how they got the forearm gimmicks and stuff. Yeah, check it out. They do like these. They do all kinds of moves. It's not like the Gato move, uh, Japanese mat wrestling shows. It's it's a little different, but check it out. Vietnamese. They're 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 new. Is it, um, is it grapple mat? But yeah, that goes back or... to the point where uh, no, that is that's uh that's also in Singapore too. There. So that's the secondary. There's two companies now in Singapore. So there's a little bit of uh, a competition but a friendly competition dick togo took a lot of the grapple max kids under his wing and kind of like led them into japan also to help them further their experience and training and so that's kind of what you're seeing a little bit of that cross promotion there some people trying to go on excursion excursion um things like that and uh so also the promoters over there they did a really good job of bringing guys from russia to uh singapore and bouncing them back and forth to kind of help with that too to kind of cross pollinate and every time they would have people in like last time, uh, I was in, he had a British strong style in, um, uh, Pete Dunn and, and, uh, well Wolfgang and the other two boys to do a seminar with the, all the guys too. So, you know, they're bringing them, they're, they're bringing them all this way, but they're also getting, not just the, their top guys getting to work with them, but also they're getting that vital, you know, seminar time and, uh, the training that really needs to season the, the the very virgin area down in the, the Southeast Asian area.
0: Sweet, Yeah. I mean, that sounds, I do like the idea of them all like kind of working together and, and building like a territory or kind of like their own region rather yeah. than, you know, fighting over individual cities. Right. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. the rising, the rising tide benefits all ships. I think that's the saying something along those lines. Yeah. The sentiment is there. To the sentiment the,
1: is there. To- to the extent even where, okay, um, I, when I was there, uh, WWE had come one of the times. Um, Canyon, Siemens, uh, Smiley, those guys, they came. They filmed a little – a couple of pieces there where they were looking for uh, – they were scouting Southeast Asian talent. I think they were doing a, a tournament there. This is right when NXT UK just, like, became a thought. So we're like, oh, they're totally going to do one of these down here. You know what I mean? Not necessarily in Japan, but in the Southeast Asian territory outside of Japan. So they did uh, uh, can canyon, can those guys. They did Malaysia. They did Singapore. They did uh, – they didn't do Vietnam because all those guys were at that show. Uh, and they did the Philippines. So they had like a pretty hectic weekend there of all those events. And, um, you know, they-, they spotted some talent. They actually uh, – I think they actually uh, signed some people recently from there. I don't know if I uh, – they did pick up some sound uh, from the Southeast Asian area just recently. Um, one of those guys is actually from Singapore. So whenever I saw them there, it was a unique time. Because then, full circle, about two months in, two or three months into the uh, stay uh, at Kali's, I was visited by uh, Canyon Seaman again and Norman Smiley. So that was a follow-up visit because there's was uh, a number of kids we were at the Dubai trial earlier that year. And so uh, that was like a big event there. Uh, Some of the kids having little um, little five-minute matches, uh, getting some time in the ring with Smiley to go through some drills and, you know, listen to uh, what they had to say. And it was interesting, too, because, you know, for those of you that don't know, um, it's about a good six-hour drive from Delhi to the really – really obscure rural area that Kali stays at.
0: Oh, yeah. That place is, like, it's just in the middle of farmland. Like, it's basically, like, I don't know, like, like India's version of Iowa, I guess is, like, the best way I can describe (laughs) it. Yeah, because it's, like, a potato farm attached and stuff. Yeah, it's super rural. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, you're surrounded by, like, farmland. But, yeah, it's, like, a six-hour drive. And it's, like, a six-hour drive through, like, nothing. Like, there is... I think you hit Amritsar yeah. on the way out, and there's really not a lot of of anything to to stop and do on the way there. Like I remember when yeah. they picked me up from the airport initially, we stopped at like a little like a little restaurant, like basically India's Denny's. Like it was like a twenty-four hour place because it was like super, super late at night or early in the morning at that point. And but yeah, after we ate there, like we drove on and there was just nowhere to stop. And that was the reason we ate like right outside of Delhi is they were like, there's not going to be anything I'm used to like, you know, like road tripping or whatever. And you stop at like little mini marts or convenience stores along the way, but they were like, eat up because it's, it's this and then nothing for like six hours. And then you just kind of wind up in, in Ramondi essentially. And you're like, Oh, okay. This, I guess there's some things. Cause yeah, like the highway in that, in like Jalander is like, just a two lane highway. Like it's, like, it's not a big, yeah, like, a big thing.
1: It's yeah. two lanes, but you wouldn't know it. Yeah, true.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody's just <laughs> flying by and, like, coasting on the shoulder to get around people. Like, motorcycles are just weaving in and out. Like
1: it's, yeah. it's and so yeah. what you said, like, getting the gas, like, stopping at a store or a convenience store or something like that and getting, like, little munchables or whatever. No, I was expecting that, too, and it's, like, I didn't even – I was, like, hungry, 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 hungry. And they're, like, yeah, we'll eat, yeah, we'll eat. And, like, dude, we, were, we had to drive it for, like, an hour till we went to, what do they call them, the hotels. And it was, like, some cool-looking, like, fancy place. And I'm like, I, I appreciate it. But at this time, I was like, I don't eat anything right now. I want to appreciate this for the first time eating it in my life right now. But I'm so hungry it doesn't even
0: matter. Yeah, oh, for sure, right? And that's the thing too, is like, there's very few places that are, that are just open late at night. Like I very much took for granted the idea of like 24 hour restaurants or like, yeah, anywhere that like sells, like even gas stations that are open 24 hours, like over there in India, like things, especially like rural, rural India, things just close down by like seven or eight. And that is, that is it for the night. And they will Mm -hmm. see you in the morning. Is it kind of that same vibe like over in like uh, like Thailand and Singapore yeah. is the same thing, right? Like it's – I think it's an Asian culture thing. I think it's late uh, at night. You're supposed to be home. You're supposed to be yeah, asleep. So you're not out.
1: Thailand. Thailand a little bit. Uh, Singapore is like really uh, – you would know that you were not in the uh, metropolitan city of the United States really. Uh, Singapore is great. The wrestling scene thing- was a little bigger. I would really consider moving there because it's like you, there's a lot of English-speaking people, but there's a lot of every kind of people there, and like it's a nice gateway to uh, a lot of places. It's clean, it's green. You know what I mean? It's it's a banging spot.
0: Nice. Okay, that's kind of like how uh, Dubai was. Dubai was the same yeah. way. Like it's very for as as ethnic as it is. Like it's a huge melting pot. Every yeah, a lot of people speak English because not everybody shares the f- the same first language, but almost everybody's second language was English, and that was like how they how everybody kind of got along and communicated um, was, there, was there anywhere you went to where there was like a, oh, like a, okay. a pretty strong language barrier?
1: Yeah. Japan was tough. Um, especially cause like that was another situation where I was living on my own cause that was like two months of living there as where like, you know, India had like, you know, someone who had got my back a little, you know what I mean? So, uh, but Japan, it's like um, you you and your secret decoder, ring, um, AKA the uh, Google translate on your, your thing there, you know what I mean? So uh yeah, that was a little a little tricky, but you know, there's a lot of that you get used to. The really most difficult, the most worrisome was in Mexico because I, you know, I just always felt so like uneasy in Mexico because like I've always heard just like crazy stories of people getting banged up. Not even necessarily like like in a like criminal way. Just like for instance, uh again my, my boy DJZ, walking Wild, he had uh, – he took a 450, and, you know, he had to have, like, emergency surgery because he, like, broke something in his guts. So, I mean, like, you never know. That's, like, one of those things, too, that, you know, I was always worried about, like, what's going to happen to me if I get banged up here? Am I going to, like, be able to, like, peace out and get treated or something like that? Or else, you know, that's not even necessarily – that's, you know, anywhere.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, what I remember, like, Did what, you having- Scott Steiner, like, he – he had some like, some surgery when he was in Mexico. Like they wouldn't let him leave. And so yeah, he had to like Holy get Christ. it there and recuperate. I got, I got really lucky. Like I've never, I rarely get hurt in general. Uh, knock on, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've, I went to the, the hospital in India once because I needed to get re-licensed to wrestle in Washington. You have to get like blood work and a physical. And I think my first show, I think was like five days after I landed back in the States And I wouldn't have had time to like go land in the States, go to an American doctor and get it all done. So I went and got a physical in India and I don't know what this was for. I think it was supposed to be their version of like an EKG test, but they literally like laid me on this gurney and then put these like suction cups all over my body, like some weird kind of like Dr. Frankenstein, like (laughs) kind of setup. And yeah, then they like, check you to make sure like your heart and everything is fine but it was the weirdest thing and I think uh, I don't remember who came with me but they took a photo of it and like showed me what I looked like but yeah I'm literally like my shirts like pulled all the way up like past my nips and they got like all the little suction cups all over me uh yeah I got my blood work done like all this yeah all this stuff or whatever but like because it's a very rural like even rural hospitals are kind of sketch but like rural India hospital felt even like I, and this isn't, I don't have to be mean. I was so nervous when they took my blood. That was like, please God, let this be clean.
1: (laughs) Well, that is like, you just, you see the, the, the the regular laws, the average laws, and you see how things are handled.
0: Have you, did you have to ever go to like a, like a foreign hospital or like, Oh goodness. This is
1: okay. So yeah, there's been, I actually broke my ankle pretty badly. When I was in England, and it cut my trip short, and actually, uh, it it I, I broke it, and then I wrestled on it because I'm like, this is my first match, and I'm wrestling twice today. I'm in, in England for the first time. Yeah, and that was a bad idea because, like, you know, you 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 play hurt, and then you just, you know, for for you Madden fans out there, old school football player, or any video gamers, you know, <laughs> your your injury number goes up exponentially after you after that first game or after that first quarter. But uh, I actually had a bad issue with my tooth while I was in India. And that was, man, I can't even, this is like seriously nightmare level proportions here because like, you know, no one loves the dentist. Let's be fair. No one loves the dentist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No one's thrilled, you know? And and so, you know, uh, oh man, who's your boy? Who's the guy? Um did you see that was it India's Isaac Yankum DDS?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> who who uh not surrender? Who was the guy that worked there that always like he's like a lean dude? He was always there, like he was like a worker dude. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. talking about Anil? Anil, yes. Okay, so Anil, like I think he just kind of like gave up on me or some shit. I don't know. Like uh because every week that uh they would always bring stuff, you know, hey. Uh, probably sir, can I, can, can an ill bring me this every week, you know, this much milk or whatever. And, uh, so apparently at at some point the, uh, my mouthwash got left off the list and my, you know, I'm brushing my teeth with this water and, um, I just, you know, I guess I wake up and, you know, my mouth is swollen. I'm like, why the hell is my mouth swollen? And like, uh, to be fair, I have a couple of broken teeth because now, I needed braces when I was a kid. I didn't get them, and I uh, lived the rough and tumble lifestyle of a pro wrestler. And you know, things happen. I had a broken tooth, and it got like infected because I wasn't properly like cleaning my my teeth like I would. So um, my mouth and jaw blew up. I'm like, yo, I got to go to the dentist. He's like, oh yeah. And so I went to the dentist, and so uh, it was Raja and Sarabhajit, uh that came with me because Serbajit could speak uh Punjab and uh, Raja could translate a little Punjab to English. So I'm like, this is just a, a clusterfuck of every proportions, but hopefully I'm gonna get fixed up here.
0: Just so a like, bilingual game a of telephone basically.
1: <laughs> you you got it. You got it. They said you need a procedure to, it's gonna it's gonna clean your tooth and help you out and then you'll be fine. You're gonna come back in a few days for another procedure. It'll clean it again and then you should be fine. If not, there will be a third one, and that will be the last one. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. You clean it. Procedure. And then they start just like – he just starts pulling out this stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Is he going to do this to me? And then he's like, I don't know, Coach, sir, then blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, dude, what is happening? So he drills a little hole. Um, he gets these little bristles. I don't know if anybody – I've never had a root canal but before or after – uh this incidence but they get these little these little pins, they're like little bristles, and they hollow out the this tooth. And then he does it with another one that's slightly bigger. And then like he gets this friggin' little it's like a it's like a rod, small, thin rod with a little tiny, tiny, tiny ball on the end. And he hits it with a blowtorch until it's white hot. And then he touches it to your tooth. And then it's like you hear a sound and it's like it's warm and then you don't feel up then your, your nerve just got killed.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, so he literally just like cauterized and like burned the, just bur- killed the nerve. Holy. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know he was going to put it in my mouth. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Nope. Okay. No, no, okay, no nothing, whatever. So, and that's what, and he starts doing more and I'm like, okay. And then he packs it with this uh, cement. that kind of like was slowly dissolving over the course of the next week. Uh, he comes, he, 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 he pulls that out, he fills it with another one, and, um, you know, um, he, he hits it with this kind of, uh, like, a secondary putty that, like, seals it, I guess you could say, and then, like, like heats it up and polishes it, and then, like, I have this little makeshift filling for, I don't know, eight months, and it'll eventually just kind of, like, melt it in my mouth, but uh, it was very scary, very horrifying. Yeah, you know? the whole it's time. something you don't I, ever think that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, the whole time picturing, like, Steve Martin from Little Shop of Horrors. Like, <laughs> just this, like, <laughs> perverse Indian dentist. Just, like, this is his jam. Like, what kind of horrific things can I get away with? Ooh, an American. Yeah. This well, is going to be an exciting day. Yeah,
1: well, thank thankfully, they, they put uh, they put this guy over. Uh, they put me over to this guy. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, there's uh, the... Coach at Kali's uh, school is like, oh, which for those of you also listening at home, that can go a very, very far way in India. Being the coach at the Great Kali Academy, just saying that is a uh, is, is worth its weight, and, you know what I mean. It, it's got it's got it's got some uh, it's got some precedence behind it. So you could say that, and you know, well, Kali sent me to this his dentist. It's His dentist and it's mom's dentist. So. You know, it's it's the
0: guy. Yeah. No, but yeah, I, totally. And Kali's name does carry a lot of weight. I'm pretty sure I only got to leave India because of Kali. Like I got stopped leaving uh, like what? when I was going through customs on my way out or whatever at the, the airport in Delhi. And they were like, yo, you just came to India for six months and just hung out in like this small rural town. And I was like, well, I was staying, <laughs> I was like, well, I was staying with a friend. And like, sure. Who's your friend? And I was like, and I use Kali's like real names. I like go my friend Dalip. And they're like, can I call your friend Dalip and see what's going on and see if this is legit? (laughs) And so I was like, okay. So I pull it up on my phone and in my phone, he's listed as great Kali. And he's like, you're friends with a great Kali? And his tune changed. And he was like, my new best friend. And he was like, oh, like are you a wrestler too? And he's like, I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, you're both WWE, superst- uh, WWE wrestlers. I was like, yes, exactly. We're both WWE wrestlers. He's my very yeah. top, close personal friend. Yeah. <laughs> he was the best man at my wedding. You let me out of here. Don't
1: make call him and have him answer this phone.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. and then he never called him. He's like, just- so help
1: me. If he answers this phone, your ass is grass.
0: Right, he's coming for you. <laughs> He'll have your job. He'll be standing here asking people why they I were here a... for six months. Yeah, it was he
1: would I'd seen him just slap people just like in the back like oh idiot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that, he... that job name dropping Kali also really helped me uh get uh, name dropping Kali also helped me get that cat back, which is a story we could get into a little later. But that uh it was the it was like the last straw. Because I was at a lot of like uh, dead ends, and a couple of times that you know you, you drop, you say you, you're somebody or with the great colleague, or you know it, it really does.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah, let's let's talk about that right now. Actually, so the cat you have now is a cat that you you took with you from India. How did you how did you finagle getting this this stray cat from India all the way to your home in Pittsburgh?
1: So. The story of Villa. When I got there, there was um, Villa's mom and uh, two cats. They were, you know, baby, baby, just born, nursing uh, and all that stuff. And when we say that like we lived in a village, we really did live in like a village. We were in the only building in this village. And it just happened to be a building because the great God put a giant essentially like a warehouse just sectioned off to you know make wrestling and we made wrestling so uh this kitty in this uh warehouse in the middle of a farmland uh just set seek refuge and they kind of found rats and birds and other things to eat and keep out of our kitchen and all that jazz well one of the days the little one she was orange that was the sister she just disappeared and the kid said that you know uh there had been other cats here and, you know, sometimes they just took them away and just left them somewhere or something. Just so, you know, they didn't, I don't know what happened really. And I don't want to speculate, but these kitties, um, one that like, it just, they just really grew on me. I would kind of feed them. And this little guy grew on me throughout the, um, the time there. And especially like real, um, the time it was my sister, her birthday, Danny's birthday, um, my mom's birthday, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, my birthday. It was uh, it was really tough. And this little guy was just like, he started like staying with me in my room. And the kids are like, you let this uh, street cat live in your room, coach. And I said, yeah, he's my friend now. I have to just like accept him. They're like, he's on your blankets and your covers and he's outside. Catching mice, and I'm like, he's my friend. This is his home too, and they were just amazed. And uh, one day, this 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 mom cat lost uh, it got its paw. I think smashed in a door or something. It would look pretty violent. I don't know how it could have naturally happened, to be quite honest. Like, but the front the uh, the 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 whole paw was completely crushed, completely flattened, and uh, it was hopping around. And um, a couple of the students. Had to take, okay, now, whatever we and uh, Ethan HD, Coach Sir here, had already played out to you, this whole getting to anywhere is a a tricky thing, right? It's an an impossible task. So try imagine finding a vet. You have to find a veterinary. You have to get that cat to the veterinary. And you're going to have to do that on a moped or a motorcycle. So these kids, and thankfully I wasn't involved in this one because I might have got really messed up. These two kids wrapped this cat in a towel and took this cat to the vet. They got to the vet, and whenever they got off the bike, there was a dog there. The dog barked and kind of, like, freaked out. The cat freaked out. They got scratched up, and the cat ran off. (laughs) That's what happened to Billa's mom until I got back to the States. She eventually came back around. So Billa, little-ass Billa, was just by himself, uh, unable to really – like hunt you know what i mean this is like a four five months old cat max right this guy can't really hunt he he did actually catch a uh, a rat before and he catched he caught it out of the, the kitchen and it was as big as him at the time um but i would feed him my egg yolks and some hunks of chicken and you know i would try to you know give him whatever i could to just try to keep him fed because his mom was gone and i was nervous about him and so then like the time started drawing near like what what's gonna like really happen to this guy and I have like less than a month left and we had to pull the trigger to make the decision like hey uh let's bring this guy home what do we have to do if we're gonna do it we gotta like start making these preparations now so my mom uh Danny's mom Danny my sister they all pulled some money together and myself and uh we we pretty much got everything together to make it possible for him to come home financially so now came in to uh, play all the you know logistics that you can find so easily here in the United States because again that's something that you'll you'll you find you know going somewhere how easy we have it like how many things that we have ever our fingertips without even realizing it you know what i mean we could go to walmart and get everything really but even if we went to a shopping center without a walmart there's still a limited number of things we might have to go to another shopping center imagine not having a shopping center where you have to go like a whole town and imagine the mode of transportation is not the easiest so that's what you know me and ethan here had to be it's all
0: by all by auto
1: rickshaw holding a cat auto rickshaw or I had a kid that was able to take me everywhere because the, the rickshaw started adding up. I needed to get the cat quarantine. I needed to get him rabies shots. And I needed to get him an ATA flight uh, flight legal um, carrier bag. And I needed to get him added to the ticket. And uh, those were the main things, okay? So, couple that with, I already had made plans to go with some students to the Taj Mahal, uh, the last couple extra days of my trip. So he was going to have to go wherever that was going to be with me, which is (laughs) another added bonus to the trip. So we got the first set of uh, rabies and um, I was carrying this little guy around. And um, so when you go to the Walgreens, Walmart, whatever, those shopping baskets, those picnic baskets, how they have the lids over them. That's what I had him in until we got literally on the plane because we had to get one of these specialty bags. Uh, took him to uh, the, the, the vet. He got a uh, needle broke off into his little butt because he got stabbed for a needle for the first time ever in his life and he wiggled and it broke. So he got, he got it again. And uh, that, uh, come to find out, that was wave one of two rabies shots that he was going to need. And I asked him when that second round of shots was going to have to be administered. And he said a day that was not going to be the same day that I was going to be home or at the academy anymore. I was going to be back in the United States. So we had to figure something out about that. Some of my students, that was a, a day-long you know, problem, like, oh, no, this isn't going to work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, th- some of my students said that they're going to send him, uh, or there was, like, all kinds of plans. And I said, the hell with it. I'm just going to force the signature. And, well, that's what I did. I forced the signature of the second time of his rabies shot. He only got one rabies shot until he got back to the United States on the day that he was supposed to get it, though.
0: Okay, that was my, so, my only concern. Was, I was uh, like, you did get him the other rabies shot, right?
1: Yes, of course. Because okay. there was also the quarantine. Uh, so you have to quarantine them for 24 hours, which is, uh, you know, uh, a thing that is typical. But it's, this is uh, done by the Indian government. Um, the only thing is required by the United States government is a rabies vaccination. So it's interesting that you know it's easier to get animals into the states than you know th- it is to get them out of you know India. Right. So <laughs> he got the quarantine um, the day of you know with somehow there is an accelerated quarantine process uh, so they it only took less clock than a 12 day. 12
0: hours fast. They moved the clock 12 hours ahead. I think <laughs> their clock but not
1: my clock, but I'm not <laughs> questioning it.
0: <laughs> they moved their clock.
1: It's uh, an accelerated 24 and hours. A yeah, he had a hyperbolic time chamber. Yeah,
0: he's sticking about a um, DeLorean, and then and, uh, a minute later, <laughs> it's tomorrow. You can take your gas
1: Yeah, they gave him a little, little bitty uh, rice, grain of rice microchip, and um, yep, he got a microchip in his back now. Then we met some guy that we met on Facebook online that uh, worked at this uh, aircraft airline or carrier place that, We were not going to be able to make it in time to get to his place of business at a decent hour. So like you said, things close, even in New Delhi, the biggest city in India. Um, So this guy had to meet us like a drug deal and he did. And, you know, I I gave him extra money for his trouble and everything is very grateful. And so now we have all the pieces to the puzzle and then I have to take him to the Taj Mahal. So that is a side little nugget there of a story that I'll tell you real quick because that is something you got to go to Amritsar, right? You
0: went to the temple, right? Yeah. I mean, we went to Amritsar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a cool thing, right? Like uh, I, I got to go there. That was, you know, really nice. Did you get to go with like Shanky?
0: Um, oh God. Who did I go with? Um. I know Ali was there. Uh, Shalu. I think okay. Raja came with us. And I think Joseph. And some of those kids I are think really-
1: that was really like high high uh high level sick and they get treated really well there so they like kind of just ushered us all through did so was that like something that was like did you did, also uh you were there for was it Kali's birthday or was it what holidays were you there
0: oh god what was that there for i was there for Kali's birthday uh cuz i got to feed him a piece of cake which might be the coolest thing i've ever gotten to do um yes i think that might be the cool the coolest thing i've ever done in wrestling is, is UK can on that, right? Huh? You fed UK too, right? Oh yeah, of course. It was very romantic. We did the ar- the intertwined arms and like. it was ah, awesome. Yes. <laughs> I, I can envision it. Yeah. I know what happened. Oh. Yeah, that was uh, probably the coolest thing. But it's very nice. And- but yeah, so you guys, so so you end up taking this cat to the to the Taj Mahal.
1: So yeah, the Taj Mahal. Um, now, <clears throat> where I went to this uh, village to stay. With one of my students, uh, we went to New Delhi six hours. Literally, caught another t- uh, another uh, bus to uh, Agra, which is right outside the. Uh, um, I'll, and I'll, I'll, in I'll this, Google it later. <laughs> this uh, this we went from a regular bus to we are now public transit, and that means we're stopping on even though like we're on the highway for for those of you in the states, you know your interstate highways. It's an interstate highway, but the service plazas are not – cert. well, they're service plazas, but they're like little – they're just exactly as we described everything else. And there's stop- – I mean, anybody on the road, anyone on the highway can just like flag down one of these buses. So imagine the amount of times that this thing stopped. Oh, yeah. We got there. It was about four or five hours, something like that. And this is also a thing where people – sit as close to you as they can they'll just sit down and there's no uh, personal boundaries no, no personal you, you space
0: packing like sardines yeah
1: oh yeah and so like, i have this little wild street cat this crazy looking white boy with a cat people don't carry cats around here people carry dogs maybe but carrying a street around street cat around in a cage people just looked at me like i was a, from another planet it was something else
0: yeah, You might as well have been like on a greyhound with like a squirrel like in a shopping bag, like essentially that's yeah, the social faux pas you're committing by bringing this cat in public, yeah,
1: yeah, so they're just it's like wow uh we 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 uh kept this guy in the um when, when we got to the town, it was kind of like a like a Disney movie or some kind of weird crazy stuff because the kid said that I was the first uh white guy that this village has seen in like three generations. And I'm like, that is something so like profound and crazy that I never think I would hear ever by any kind of stretch of the imagination because we were so off the beaten path. So like way deep where we were in India, that that's just where we were It's really, really something. Um, we kept Billa in like basically an abandoned house for for about six hours or so while we went to the Taj Mahal, which was in and of itself like an amazing experience. Again, this is one of those situations where, you know, you name drop Kali, and it really holds a lot of weight because a couple of my students had said to the guards, like these guys are real serious guys, to these guards that I was um, the coach at the uh, Kali Academy and they let me cut the line. And I kid you not, um, some of you might have seen I posted the video or the picture a couple times on my social medias. It's me looking up at the Taj Mahal with uh, people, other human beings just circled around the the whole building patiently waiting in line to go inside the monument. That mausoleum there of the Taj Mahal is so surreal and you know, they just they're like, Hey, come come with me. They walked me up, they walked me through, walked back out and you know, that was that. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I felt bad because these people were waiting and, you know, this is a big deal. And,
0: and the first it, it white was... guy they've seen in three generations just cuts the line. Yeah. <laughs> you thought the British were bad, India. Wait till America yeah. shows up.
1: That, that's exactly okay that's exactly what he said he's like we the, the the people in this village have not seen a white person since the, a british they have asked white people they seen were the british i'm like holy crap and i had not had really any kind of uh you know back history on india until i went there and you know for those of you who don't know your history um look up to some of the, uh, the atrocities that occurred over there by the british in india
0: yeah. It's, it's pretty rough, man. But I mean, that's awesome that you got to, you get to check all that out. You rescued a cat from, from India. I guess you not rescue. You adopted a cat and took him yeah, all the way them. from from India to, to Pennsylvania and kind of see the world, man. Like, uh, yeah, I just want to say, thanks for, for coming on. Um, where can people, can people find you on social media? What can they do to support you?
1: Uh, yeah. You can uh, check me out on the uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Uh, at the number one facade f-a-c-a-d-e onefacade.com if you're looking to check out my uh, events or order some merch from us personally we have customized merch on there um, customized prints and uh, I do custom art on canvas as well Um, you can check that out and order yourself one of those
0: there but of course also pro wrestling tees sweet well cool man thank you for coming on the podcast appreciate it Yo, thanks to Facade again for doing the interview. It was awesome to have you on. Thank you to Let's Wrestle. Uh, head over to letswrestleapparel.ca. They will hook you up. Head over to drinkallin.com. The fine folks at All In will hook you up as well. And do not forget the discount code, EthanHD312. You can find me on Twitter, at realethanhd. Find me on Instagram, uh, re- at, not at Real Ethan HD at just ethanhd three one two. Uh, lastly, if there's anybody you think would make an excellent guest on this podcast, feel free to tweet at me or Instagram at me. Let me know. I w- I would love to know who you think would be an interesting interview because there's people that I know personally, but I'm also open to the idea of just reaching out to people that that you guys would want to hear from. So yeah, feel free to hit me up as well for that. Slide into them DMs. Uh, until next time, thank you for listening. This is the Going Home Early podcast. I'm Ethan HD. Later.